Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, we have uh, we have an exciting new experience uh, today on the program in that we are joined by a room full of college students. They're in my podcasting class here at Union University. Um, why don't you guys clap it up? And uh, I don't know if you're welcoming us, we're welcoming you. I don't know what the dynamic is here, but enthusiasm, we're... Enthusiasm, general it's a, enthusiasm. It's general enthusiasm. And Ronnie is flying solo in Ohio. Baby, how are you That's feeling always. emotionally about that? Because I know that when when we first launched this thing and, and the idea was kind of voice to bring pipe into the program you were you were hurt you were a little wounded by it are you doing okay i just want to make sure you're good before we move forward you know what i, I appreciate that sensitivity big team but by the <laughs> way you know i'm here for you whenever you need me to just to keep i know that, that square baby. you know you know i'm here for you dude just so the um, so the relationship is equal you know so there's not inequality we're like i'm absolutely. always serving you and and not otherwise you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, obviously, there's a reason why I'm always so disconnected from you. God must be doing something in my life to humble me that keeps me at this particular distance. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay rolling with that and figuring that out until the three of us can get together. And it's the beautiful trio that it was always meant to be. Mm, live in Louisville, baby. It's going to happen. It's, I mean, it's mythical at this point. It's a it mythical. Is mythical. It is, it's in mythical proportions at this point, right? We only have about two people who asked us at the end of the year, hey, did that ever happen and, and I missed it? <laughs> That's and not I, a good sign I, that I, only I, two I people I pretended asked. that their questions never happened. I just so maybe we need to redefine that. myth, but nevertheless, for us, it's mythical. Boys, we have uh, we have an exciting show on tap because um, because we do have a room full of college students. We're going to do an all college episode today. Uh, so this app is going to center on uh, issues, ideas that are pertinent to college students. And uh, we're going to riff on some of those things, and then we're going to open it up to a little Q&A from them. Likely highlight precisely how old we are. Yes. What this will do is sadly illustrate the, the gap in age between, uh, between us and them. But uh, it's going to be fun anyway. But before we, uh, before we dive into this big R, and, and you may want to just go make yourself a cup of Tivana here really quick, a little youth berry. Um, I have a question I for... Have some, I also have some good humor bars, too, that I might be digging into. Did somebody uh, send you those, or did you just get them yourself? No, I, I purchased those. I, again, we're still waiting yeah. for a, a couple of cases to come in from our listeners. And I, and I think that needs to... I, I think that, I think we need to, to get that going. If, if you're catching my sort of urgency here, that, that needs to be happening sooner than later. I like that, Big R. And, and you know what else we're still waiting for? Have you guys gotten any of your gear from Missional Wear? Your Happy Rain gear? No comments. Missional what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those guys are dead to me. I'm, I'm just kidding. I want my sweatshirt, Missional uh, yeah. Wear, if you're I, listening. I have seen so many posts on Twitter of people loving their... Dude, everybody yeti, in the world has had... mugs and t-shirts and things that i don't have everybody has happy rank gear branded gear besides us i don't know but you know what that just shows how much we it's not that we're saying anything against it we actually want it like we want our own gear to promote our own show and, and show our love for mission aware via our gear like it's all working in, in sort of in context like that if we just get our gear baby let me throw you a hypothetical right. and, and i want you to to speak wisdom into my life because you're a man of the cloth and you're also an entertainer would it be Ronnie's a pastor, you guys. That's what I mean by that. Would it would it be sad? That's an old fashioned term. Yeah. Would it be sad if like I went online and bought gear from my own show, just like a regular person? You know what I mean? Would that be a sad thing for me to do? That'd be no, like I Gordon mean, Hayward buying a jazz jersey of himself. You know what I mean? I mean, I think. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I, I I think that would be pathetic. But I'm not going to say. That I haven't released records in the past on labels, not gotten any copies, and wanted to hear it so bad that I just ended up going to like the store and like bought it myself. I don't blame you, baby. There's nothing sad about that. Did you buy it on vinyl? Of course. Of course. Okay. I mean, pipe. Stupid Judas question. Steve. My bad. Why am I even here? Our, like, here Do you even know Ron here? Martin? Come on. Barnabas, hi, I'm Ronnie. <laughs> hi, Ronnie. I'm Barnabas. So Big R, the reason I asked you to go make a, a cup of, of Tivana is because I have a I have a really brief sports question for Barnabas. Oh yeah, um, that's all right. I, I'm patient. I can wait it out. And this came up because I, I recently went to an NBA basketball game with some friends and we sat really close to the floor and we were in the presence of a player named Gordon Hayward. Are you familiar with this person, Big R? Oh, of course. Okay. Sounds like a trust fund baby is actually a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. And Gordon Hayward is just sort of, he has the bearing of a king. You know what I mean? He's, just, he's magnificent looking. 
Uh, he's a, he's a, a a very good player, like an all star level player. Um, really tall. He's like six nine, and he was like really intelligent in school. He writes in in an above average way, which was really depressing to me. Like that one person that has he's good at too many things. He's good at too many things. Pipe is the thing, but but I feel like in in the friend who made this observation, we feel like if it was five hundred years ago, he would literally be the king of the world. The strength and the and the bearing. Um, I just want to know if you have feelings on Gordon Hayward pipe is, is what I'm getting at in so many words. Um, well, the short answer is I don't have feelings for Gordon Hayward. So let's make sure we clarify that. No, um, I understand what you mean, but he's, he in a non-sexual way. Do you have feelings for him? <laughs> I'm pushing you on this a little bit. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I can't decide if he's somebody I would have loved in school kind of in spite of myself or yeah. hated because he was like if you went to taller, his high school taller yeah. more athletic yeah, or college i mean he went yeah, to butler college. it was like ten thousand students there's a good dude right he, you would have you could have known gordon Hayward. yeah i yeah. mean taller better looking i don't know if he was smarter but equally as smart mm-hmm. and uh yeah let's not and, get too crazy clearly <laughs> clearly more athletic although yeah. he was a skinny funny looking dude when he was in college he was yeah. he was like 122 pounds he had a very a bad, with a bad haircut he had a very prepubescent kind of yeah. look in college so, so I probably he's he's probably all grown up now. I probably okay. <laughs> he's hit puberty. That's actually he's grown up and he's grown up and he's grown up. So, what would was this a uh, Grizzlies game or where'd you go? It was a Grizzlies Jazz game. It was the other night, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was interesting on a number of levels for me, like being being that close. I hadn't been to an NBA game in a while, and uh, when I used to cover it for ESPN, I was really close, like at the scores yeah. table. But you know, it had been years since I'd been. Uh, but that kind of proximity, I think, to the players and their faces, and I mean, it's the most naked sport, right? Besides boxing, I mean, you're really you're swimming, seeing, yeah, swimming. <laughs> but you're seeing people, and you're seeing their ex- right. expressions, and like uh, Mike Conley, 153 million dollar contract, which is just ridiculous. Poor but guy, it, I hope he can feed his family. It seemed to me like he was trying to earn, he was trying to justify all that every trip down the floor. You know what I mean? He was trying to be Iverson in a way that he just couldn't be to justify all that money. It was fascinating, but. The Hayward thing was fascinating too. It was just a that sense of So you you get to pose the question, now you have to answer the question. Sure. What sort of feelings do you have for or about Gordon Hayward? Uh the resonate guys may have to edit this out, but we, we were actually just discussing in uh in this David Foster Wallace book, he calls it erections of the heart. Where okay. you're you're please it, edit that out. <laughs> Ron, you're gonna get you're gonna get a text from so you're getting a hand slap from somebody on high. Yes, you are. Yeah, have someone in your denomination. This. Your denom is not gonna like that. Just to be clear, that's we're Baptists. They don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that feeling, and I'm sure you've had it, Big R, where you know you're in the presence of greatness, and it's not like a sexual response, but it's like just deep admiration. You know what I mean? I think I think that's where I'm at vis-a-vis Gordon Hayward. Does that make sense? I, yeah, how how you can use that phrase and have it be non-sexual is a little bit incongruous <laughs> to me. But uh, I can though. I, I, I mean, can do it. I just yeah, did. No, you did. You, you <laughs> defined it. You, you you redefined a word. I'm impressed. Big R, have you ever felt that way about anyone, like a performer or uh, an, an athlete? You know, I, gosh, man, I, I just. I, I don't. Um, I think I'm just gonna try to duck the question. Uh, yeah. No, 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 man. I don't. I don't really have that stars in my eyes kind of vibe when I'm around people. I Baby never Judas, you're taking it to that place. I'm not talking about stars in my eyes. I'm just talking about like you, you're impressed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel yeah, like I'm just. I'm just not. I'm just not really easily impressed. I just don't care. Yeah. Shoot us, priest. I'm moving on. What if? What if okay, no, no, no. We we don't get to just move on that easily. I know what you're saying, man. I know you're saying. There's sort of an aura around some people when you get around. There's an aura around certain people. So who is feeling that sort of emanating? I don't know. I just I don't really. I know exactly what you're saying. So I'm not. I'm not trying to give like. I'm not trying to like. Uh, I'm not trying to avoid the question, but it no, just no. hasn't happened. No, you're trying to avoid the answer. I feel more of an aura if I'm around. Like if I'm like. Just for instance, like if I walked into the room and it was you guys there, the aura would be like these are going to be good times. You'd be you'd be kind of feeding off my aura, and then it would just be this this interpersonal. <laughs> be, aura, be great and times. We'd just be auraing yeah. around each other. It'd be great, you know. You know what? He's right. I can attest to that. That's that would what, that we would feed off of his aura. 
he would feed off of ours too. Yeah, no I mean, the, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's I've the kind never of never thought as much that, about auras as I am right now. I, I kind of hate celebrity, so like when I'm around it and I'm supposed to be impressed and feed off the aura of it, I really, <laughs> I really push back against it. Dude, know? see, I, I say that I hate celebrities and I hate what you just described, but then. I get in the moment, man, and I'm kind of like caught up in it. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. But I'm more about my own celebrity, if we're going to be honest. So I know that, baby. I know that you I know. Are. You know that. I know. I know. I know. Ted, <laughs> have you ever made a complete fool out of yourself meeting a celebrity, you know, where you were never. D- dumbstruck or never. something? Never. Not even when no, I was a kid. Never. Never. Would never do it. Would never do it. I had a, I had an awkward interview with Michael Jordan, actually. The only, the only interview <laughs> context that I've ever been sort of awestruck in. Um, was Jordan, but I think I handled it okay. Like, but everybody in this room besides us thinks LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. So, yeah, but you're a Jordan guy too, I though, am right? A Jordan guy. Good man, I'm glad. Yeah. I have this argument often with. Uh, I'm just teeing with certain up with the generational differences. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. Drawing we lines. We don't have to highlight that though. Um, but let's let's do transition into uh, more college related subject matter, shall we? Um, we had some great suggestions for topics. I think some of these came off Twitter. Some of these were. Uh, your own doing pipe. But uh, the first question here is, uh, is dating advice. Um, what dating advice would you give to a college student? Ronnie, you can go first. Well, guys, I, I kiss dating goodbye. <laughs> so, I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to throw some Dude, does, does that book still make the rounds in Christian college? Systems? It does. Oh, wow. we, have, we have verbal yeses. Really? That, that mean, book came out when like I was kids. maybe a junior or sophomore in high school, and it ruined high school. Dude, it's ruined so. many generations yeah. of college <laughs> students. It's, it's awful. Have they updated it, though? Like, we're allowed to date, but, like, we've kissed, like, making out goodbye? Or, like, how, like where's the new, like, updated version of Well, it? considering what, what the, the author flip-flopped, so maybe we're not kissing courtship goodbye? I'm not... I can't... I can't keep track of where we are with these things. Dude, thank right. God. He used the word courtship, didn't he? I mean, he yeah. like brought it back to like the 1880s. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was like, it was like Vintage. You, you come over and have a conversation with the girl's dad in the rocking chair on the front porch and like... Her 12 all, brothers. All activities. Yeah. <laughs> all activities. Are, be natural, with your family. You, know? you go do a barn, well, do a barn raising. I'm not totally against that now. You know what I mean? Given the sitch that I'm in. I know but, what you mean, um, Yeah. It's a li- it is a little absurd in, in a lot of ways. So my advice is uh my advice is just to uh i'm gonna be real with you guys right now man my advice and this is gold so i want you guys to get your, your number two pencils out baby they're taking notes right they're literally pencils. pulling out their notebooks they're, 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 they're either, either looking at instagram or taking notes it's hard to tell right and i want you to break out some vintage their quills uh, and their little paper. urns of ink that's how <laughs> vintage these ink. kids are, are yeah. <laughs> right i want you to dip yeah. the plume in the ink and uh this is what I'm going to say to you, boys and girls. Keep okay. it cool. Keep it cool. Now, you, you're going to have to unpack that a little bit, uh, Big R. I want you yeah, to keep it cool. That this out. is what I want you to do. I want you to show respect. I want you to love their parents. I want you to not do anything that's going to put you at odds with the, the girl's dad. All right? <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a advice. very bad idea. Spoken like a true dad of a single young girl. <laughs> so that's what I mean by keeping it cool. Like, keep it cool. Don't do anything that you wouldn't want done to your own son and daughter 20 years from now. Keep you know what? Cool. Joshua Harris, thanks so much for coming on the program. We'll, uh, <laughs> that is somebody really? that is somebody's daughter, Ronnie says. That's, uh, that's, that's right. That's your advice, huh? Pipe, what about you? You have daughters too. I didn't I think about the whole daughter dynamic. Yeah, my my with, daughters with are young enough that right I'm not quite terrified just yet. But uh, So I, I need to pull the room here to see what the current climate of these things is. because So I went to Wheaton College. Ted went to Taylor. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Ronnie, where'd you go to school? I was at uh, Grace Seminary in Indiana. Okay, so all Christian college kids ourselves. So I don't know how much these things have changed. When I was in college, dating was just, it was weird, constantly. Mm-hmm. So like, anytime there was a conversation between two people of opposite genders, it was always like, do we need to have that talk about what this relationship is? Is, is this still generally the case? Affirmative, negative? Yeah. yeah. Okay, lots of nodding. Okay. So um, my advice is uh, cut that out. That's stupid. What like, do you mean? Like, what, What's like, the alternative, Pipe? Well, uh, have friends or ask somebody out. Like, these are two very simple things. So you're saying get rid of the ambiguity that exists between friends and actually asking someone out. Yeah, if you're not asking somebody out, then you're friends. If you'd like to ask somebody out, ask them out. And I don't know whether I'm looking at the males or the females when I say this, but let's just make this uh, an egalitarian comment for the moment and just say, 
Sorry, Ronnie. Didn't mean, to, for you, didn't mean to offend your sensibilities. <laughs> but uh, if you like somebody, ask them out. Don't, uh, don't, don't leave it hanging. Don't like spend endless days talking with friends about the best way to do this. The best way is to say, hey, would you like to grab coffee sometime? Or dinner, if you have money. Um, whatever. Just, just do that. It's really simple. Or you know what? I'm going to go one up on that. You can be like my dad did when he first met my mom. This is what he said to her. He said, wait for it. He said... How about you and me, baby? That's yes. <laughs> oh, That's Mr. Martin's said. the money. What is your dad's voice like? I'm trying to hear this in my head. Like Frank Sinatra's I mean, was, voice? That's exactly what I'm hearing. Kind of a Sinatra, just Sinatra-esque, like a little bit tinged yeah. with cigarettes and, and scotch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just a mess. <laughs> just a just a wreck. But let me go one, let me one up you a little bit, Piper, for, for the of uh, course. just for the for the general, you know, kind of feel of, of the of the afternoon. You know, don't don't be so big on dating, man. Just you know, Wait a few minutes. Ask the other person to marry you. Why don't you just let's just get to the? We did bring Josh Harris on here. Yeah, we did. Josh Harris, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> well, it, the the reason I say what I said is because getting shot down, it's not that bad. Like it sucks, dude. It's so but, funny, but man. it. But then you move on. Like you just, if they say no, you're like, oh, okay. Well, life is not over. Keep going, and there will be That's somebody else saying. to ask just, out. Just propose. Just get to it, man. Just you would really fit in down here at Union, Bigar. I feel like you're... Does, how does how does this fit with the advice you just gave about not doing anything the dad wouldn't like? Well, I know, but the whole point is, like, it's all leading to marriage. So just get to the point. Don't wait till you're 30. Don't wait to have kids till you're 45. Like, just just get old school, man. Get get married like when my mom got married when she was 16. I mean, it worked out for her for 50 <laughs> Sorry, years. guys. You're just all failures. <laughs> Dude, so, oh, so wait a minute. How old was your pops when he said that money thing? Oh, dude, like, like she was 15 and he was like 21. Wow. It's old school, man. It was, you were allowed to do that. That's one Maybe it was a it. different time. <laughs> oh, it was a different era. It was a completely different era. And then six months later, they're married. You know, uh, two years later, they have five kids. You know, like that's yeah. how it worked back then. Yeah, that worked. Okay. See, I can't, I can't see the hand motions you guys are doing, right? I'm not, I'm not with you on what's going on. With no, it's blank. It's mostly <laughs> blank stares. Yeah, it's, it's mostly blank stares at the at the 21 year old hitting on a 15 year old, and well, dude, that's cool. You, whatever, man. I didn't say getting on. I mean, you added those words. I'm just saying, like, let's just keep it real. Let's just get. Let's just get to the penultimate, right? No, penultimate means like next ultimate, to ultimate. Second. Yeah, but I feel like penultimate should mean ultimate. Don't you think that too? Yeah, maybe. As long as we're redefining words, let's go with it. Ted redefined erection, so. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, actually. I just used it in a different context. So, like, dude, what's the penultimate in your life? Well, it's, you're going to get married, you're going to do it, so just get to it. What's your advice, Ted? You know, it's funny. I posed this question to uh, to Dub this morning, to Double K, KK, my wife, not Dub Oliver. I was going to say, Dub, that's the president of this school. <laughs> just chatting, chatting him up at breakfast. Double K said almost the exact same thing that you said, Pipe, which is, you know, rejection, it feels like the worst possible thing in the moment, but it's it's not that bad. Like, you do get over it. So her advice was, and again, if I were to say exactly what she said, I would have to have the Resonate guys do some, some editing on the back end. But yeah, her advice was basically like, just give it a try. Um, there's so many guys, there's so many guys in our church context, I think, who like growls <laughs> about being lonely, but yet they're not willing to make the step of actually like giving it a shot. And Dude, back in our day, I mean, not to sound like ultimately the old guy, but like you literally, I remember standing in my dorm room at Wingate's Hall, like staring at the phone, like trying to work up the courage to pick it up and to give some girl a call and ask her out. And it was like this huge moment. It was really, uh, I don't know, it was, it was, there was a lot of tension in that. Oh, and I don't give this advice from some, as somebody who followed it at all when I was in college. I don't either. I was exactly like everybody else I went to school with. Double I just, K, actually. I just look back and go that I was an idiot. Double K asked me out, and were it not for that, I'd probably still be single. I was painfully shy, horribly awkward and shy, and thank God she asked me out. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. She asked you out, you know, two months later you were married. Baby, seriously, later, three, months, kids. three months later we were engaged, baby. That's we, what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know. And, and then we waited seven years to have kids, but which <laughs> right. was the best decision we ever made. Um, yeah, all right. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about just be brave. And live life sort of in TL with nothing to lose. Is that Harris enough for you guys right there? Is that Joshy enough? That's Joshy that enough. enough. No, right. get married at 16 was Joshy enough. <laughs> 
See, I didn't know that. See, I never read that. <laughs> so wait, hold on. Did he really advocate that? Uh, that was kind of the subtext of that whole thing. So that thing dropped when I was I was overseas um, teaching at a, at a missionary school in Lithuania when that thing dropped. And, you know, it was kind of a it was like early homeschool vibe. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of missionaries and they were all kind of quasi homeschooling. And they were so stoked when this Josh Harris book dropped because it basically gave them license to arrange their kids' marriages. You know yes. what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah, it gave, it gave dad ownership Dude, over Dude, it gave daughters. dad ownership over the whole thing. Like, he was sitting on the on the front porch with a shotgun just, like, vetting people. Which is how it should be. Left and right. Well, I'm okay with the shotgun bit. It's the, uh, it's the, like, I mean, I, I, I had, I had a friend who had, he had five daughters, and they were a homeschool family, so, you know, go figure. No offense to anybody in the room who was homeschooled, but, uh, and he, he legitimately Dude, thought, I'm homeschooling Maxim. I can make the jokes. Okay, perfect. We have license. I, I homeschooled for three years scattered throughout my education, so there's my... I can punch my... We have access ticket. to the jokes. Um, he legitimately thought that, uh, you know, his daughters, you know, would... How, how a guy would gain access to them, I wasn't quite sure. But if they did, it would go through him. He would approve the marriage. And until they were married, they would live in his home because they were under his care and I was like, well, wow. what about college? And he's like, I'm not sure college is the best thing for them. And I also cannot repeat the words that I use to describe my opinions of his of his stance on this because, again, family-friendly podcast and all that. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, it, about eight years later, he came around. But goodness sake. But I mean, it was that was sort of the the M.O. of the I Kiss Dating Goodbye era was like, dude, I think Harris dad is a, holds the reins. I think Harris is a good dude. I think he's pretty reasonable. I think he's backed off on some of this stuff in later years. Well, but, and, and as his typical followers are always crazier than leaders. Dude, so exactly. The people just, who read it were looking for a reason to be crazier than they already were. Right. And uh, and they found it. That book just leveled up the kookiness like tenfold yeah. when that thing dropped. Didn't it sell yeah, like two million to copies too? Wasn't it just over there? Wasn't it like Baby, crazy, it rained crazy money. sales? I'm going to see it what the Amazon money. ranking on is on it right now. Today. Yeah. yeah you I bet guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to figure this out. Because that thing just sold bonkers loads, didn't yeah. it? It did. Baby, why didn't you do a book with him instead of me? Why <laughs> did you seek me out? Because, because he wanted to write with the guy who wrote with Kevin DeYoung. He wanted to write with the guy who wrote with Kevin DeYoung. I Kiss Dating Goodbye currently sits at 21,000 on Amazon in print books. 13 years later, that's... It's still doing it's a nice job. It's not bestseller, but it's still moving. I mean, that's that's probably in the in the 100 to 200 per week, I would guess. Wow. You're kidding. That's impressive. That's not... I mean, that, yeah, they, you're talking 5,000 plus a year easy. Mm. That's crazy. Wow. Dude, the fact that college students today are still being made to read that by people in their lives <laughs> is indicative of its, you know, long-lastingness. Because that's, that's a full generation something. ago. I mean, dude, have they tried? Have they attempted to uh, edit or update? Has he done any like edits to it? He, must he wrote follow up books that that said, uh, "I don't agree with that anymore." <laughs> so those think, don't sell nearly as well, though. That's right. Please buy it, but I don't agree with it anymore. But please buy it. That's right. I still get royalties, 20, but yeah. it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit out of the dating realm, and uh, let's talk about what. What advice you would have for your 20-year-old self? So thinking of the you that you were at age 20, um, what advice would you give yourself? Big R, what about, what about you? Let's, let's, uh, let's Dude, have you You know first. what, man? I, this is what I would say, man. I would say, and I'm going to be a little serious right now, so, um, <laughs> so this is going to sound kind of penultimate. But, um, what year was it? Like, what, what, what year was it in history when you were 20 years old? 1996 like, or thereabouts? No, it would have been a little earlier than that, yeah, the okay. early 90s. Right. So for me, um, <laughs> man, I, you know, I would just say like like everything feels – like you start feeling old when you're 20 and you start feeling like time is running out when in reality like that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I would have just been a little more patient. I just lacked a lot of patience. I wanted everything that really couldn't happen until I was 30 to happen when I was 20. So I did a lot of things – to sort of like try to bring that about and make time go faster. And, um, and I, so I just, I ended up, I ended up doing a lot of things that I wish I would have given time to, because I think in the end they would have been better. And that, and that, and that applies to like anything, whether it was artistically or, you know, career path or, or anything of that nature, just to slow down a little bit and realize that you actually do have a lot of time. Mm. Pipe, what about you? Uh, most arguments aren't worth having. 
would be was the short version because I I would argue about anything with anyone. And I'm, you know, I guess that's why I podcast now because it's still an opportunity to argue about stupid stuff. But uh, but I think I burned some bridges along the way because I was much more intent on winning an argument than on I don't know anything more important than winning an argument, which is which is most things. And I was also really really sure that I knew uh, everything I needed to know to win every argument. And so you combine a great sense of, you know, arrogance and argumentativeness with this like obnoxious competitive drive. <laughs> and uh, I probably wouldn't have been friends with any of you unless, no, probably none of you. You all seem like nice people. Um, <laughs> Who are I, your friends? Describe what your friends looked like in college. Like what, what, what one, sort of person hung out with? I'm still, Spiker? I'm still friends with several of them, which makes me question their, uh, <laughs> their character judgment. Um, <laughs> Or maybe they're just really gracious people. Maybe they're just really lonely. Like, they need you. you know? <laughs> no, they're doing okay. Um, Ron, Ronnie's chastising me via text for posting old Joy Electric videos Whoa. on the Twitter account. Baby, wait a minute, man. I, I want to get back to your friend situation in college. But uh, what... Can you talk, speak to that a little bit? What, what's I just got happening? I'm sure my wife showing a rant, uh, just a, a, a text a, or a tweet on one an old Jay video, and that that is that's verging on unforgivable sin territory in the economy of Ronnie Martin. Baby, talk about that. How are you feeling right now? It's it's real penultimate, man. It's real penultimate. <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of you being beating being, that word into the ground, do you feel angry? Do you feel betrayed? What what are you feeling right now? Yeah, keep going. Those words are all a part of it. Keep, keep using words that are like that. Are you ashamed? Like yes. Why? You made it. I, I kind of made it. I was kind of told what to do, you know? Really? Okay. So that came down from above. This is really helpful. This is really helpful. It's like a, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing. So, so the video that was posted, I'm going to use passive voice, uh, was posted. By, um, someone posted. By, by a person, probably. Um <laughs> By a friend I used to have. Yeah, by a guy I know. Um, so that video, you you didn't have, you know, say creative direction or say in that video. I mean, you know, so the videos are interesting, right? Because yes, so the very. Label, the label, yeah, they are. The label used to give me full freedom with the music, but they would hire, you know, directors to do the videos, and I didn't really have, I didn't really have a lot in that, and so, you know, some of them were pretty goofy and. And uh, which is fine, you know. You were trying to take risks and do interesting things. It was pre-internet. It was pre-knowing that your work was going to live on forever. You know, <laughs> mentality. And uh, yeah, so I, I would just rather that stuff never be viewed again, which is impossible. But I'm certainly not going to like sort of dish it out on a platter and say, "Here you go, world." Look Baby, what but did I'll do that, that for you, Ronnie? <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I got your back. Will, so I don't have to worry about that. What was your wife Melissa's response to it? I'm guessing she doesn't like watch it on a weekly basis maybe it's been some years since since she's viewed it let me just read it. you what she texted me should i just do that that would be yeah, great perfect. that would be good radio do that um i just got a text that came up with her with a picture you know of it and it said mm -hmm. why does barnabas hate you oh, <laughs> wow wow maybe, was it. It was, this could be the well with without telling uh you know casting blame or aspersions on anybody anywhere I may have been uh, queued up to do that, teed up, uh, <laughs> and you know, incentivized in some manner to do that. It it may it you know may you not guys, have been pure a, hatred. It was a thing that happened. It's in the past. I think. <laughs> I think we need water to, under the bridge. It's water under the bridge. We need to let the healing begin. I'm wondering if on. Ronnie has any advice for 20 year olds uh, about creative direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's my advice on that. Uh, Just say don't, no. Don't do anything that you're going to be embarrassed about in 20 years. But the problem with that is that if you don't do that, then you're not really being creative. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're not, taking, you're not taking. You're not taking. That's a catch twenty two. Yeah, absolutely. You got to do it. You so, got to take the risk. I'm glad you, you did that video. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you, the day you're gonna lose all your friends because they're right. gonna want to mercilessly make fun of you for stuff that you did. As an early 20s, it was a merciful change. mocking. It wasn't merciless. I mean, it was. I didn't say anything mean. I just asked our Twitter followers to guess which co host it was because it's really hard to tell. It's, 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 so a, it's got, a dude so in a Renaissance era princess costume. 100 votes for me, zero for either of you. Interesting. Well, it was very clearly not Ted. So it was between you and me. <laughs> Although my hair looks like Ted's. I know. I know. Was that your real hair or was that a wig in that one? 
No, that was real. I, that was back when Pete. Well, that's back when Amazing. Pete had long hair. <laughs> I know. It was a it was a beautiful time, baby. <laughs> so, Ted, do you have advice for a twenty year old or your twenty year old self? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For my twenty year old self. Yeah, throw it out there. I think my advice would have been: don't be afraid to like care and really try. Um, well, as it per- as it pertains to, in particular, like the undergrad experience for me. <laughs> um, I was a football player, so I had the football player mentality of like, you know, you didn't want to appear to care too much about academics and school. And uh, but what happened was I was really starting to like, kind of get turned on by it secretly. Like I was really enjoying reading and um, and writing and trying to think of myself in that way. But I really didn't give, like, I didn't allow that that to fully blossom when I was an undergrad. Um, and really meeting KK helped that a lot. She, uh, she helped kind of transition me out of the football persona and into, you know, somebody who could think and write. And well, that, that's a good one. Cause that. I, I always had the mentality of like, I would give 90% because if I didn't give that last 10, I always had an excuse if I didn't like nail something. So if yeah. I failed, I could be like, well, I could have tried harder. Dude, it's such and a fascinating which, emotional Which like, is a total protection. BS. It's yeah. a total BS excuse because you still fail. But, uh, right. yeah, just I didn't learn until, I don't know, the last 10 years that it's worth it to just completely – I mean, the same sort of risks Ronnie was talking about on the creative side in anything. You just throw yourself into it, and if you fail, failing is much easier if you can say, I gave it everything I had because then it's an honest failure. Whereas if you didn't, you're just like, oh, that was my fault, <laughs> or maybe it was my fault. And that's, that's – uh, it's much more frustrating when you didn't just say, it's everything I had. Yeah, you don't have my best. Absolutely. But a lot of artist types struggle with that, right? So like anybody that's involved in doing something artistic, there is that, you sort of have that, you know, you have, you kind of have that resistance about saying I put my all into it mm-hmm. because you know, anything you do create, create, you know, creatively is going to get criticized. It's impossible yeah. that everybody's going to love everything you do forever. So by saying, you know, I mean, it's definitely not my best that, you know, I'm not really happy with, I mean, like we throw out those things to, as self-protection really. It's yeah. not unlike standing over a phone and like trying to work up the courage to ask a girl out. I mean, this is what <laughs> writing is like, you know, absolutely. submitting a piece, submitting a book proposal. It's you know, not unlike us saying on this last, the last episode of this podcast, none of us want to be here and this episode sucks. Remember how we, air. so we talked about how that app sucked so horribly and I feel like it did. But KK listened to it and she loved it. And like several other people have like said that they really liked it. So and that's apparently when we suck, we're amazing. It's like whenever you do artistic things that you don't like, what happens is it opens up this channel of something different to what you normally do. And you find that it actually creates a wider audience. And it like, it's the most frustrating thing for anybody doing artistic things because you're so set on what you want to do. And if you do something that doesn't meet your expectations, many times it meets more people's expectations and dude it's the catch-22 of all arts always i think people like it when we're glum and tired which is weird <laughs> about our audience i'm not kidding yeah we, we resonate with people when we're depressed exactly. speaking of resonate barnabas mm-hmm. piper yes are we are we supposed to be doing a, a promo right now? Oh, okay. Well, oh, big R, that's good we, radio. Did, oh, did you know? Like, you can tell Ronnie doesn't listen to this because we actually have a bumper that goes on the end on behalf of Resonate. Yeah, we don't have to now. like pimp Resonate during the actual program anymore. <laughs> oh, I've literally never listened to the program one time. <laughs> I, that's how detached and uncaring you are about I, it. I go back no, and no, listen I if I. I only go back and listen if I know we have to cut something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, I'm 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 in the same boat. I only listen if I know that there's a joke we made that has to be removed for the sake of job, job security or whatever. We only have Dude, three thank, of those on this podcast. So thank God you do that. listen to it to it for We're that okay. reason. Uh, boys, I have one more question for you, and then I want to open it up to uh, a room full of eager students with questions. Wake too. up, y'all. Um, <laughs> the question is this: This one's got a little nuance to it, um, and this came from from Twitter. Uh, so somebody put out a, a tweet recently or a question. Um, what's the one thing from your youth that if you if you explained it to someone from this generation, they would have no idea what you're talking about? So what's one thing from like back in the day for us that if we tried to explain it to like this audience in the room, they wouldn't they wouldn't get it or they wouldn't is, understand. What is this a bad about. time for Joy Electric jokes? <laughs> it's, it's always a bad time for Joy Electric. Baby, he's wounded. Let him heal. OK, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Pipe, you're you're pushing Ronnie, the envelope with with Ronnie's emotions. Well, yeah, I mean, you just are in a paper cup. My bad. Uh, one thing from youth. Well, Adam Sandler used to be funny. Um, that's 
He wouldn't know it by his terrible attempts at family-friendly movies. Um, Dude, mine actually goes back to dating. Oh. And this this comes from uh, another convo that I had with Double K, which was, you know, we were talking about that that moment, like in college back in the day when you liked someone or they liked you. It was really a, it was a test of how sort of persistent they could be in like finding out who you were and like what your major was and like even literally how to get a hold of you, because there was no yeah. there was no Facebook, there was no sort of like preemptive research or. Like stalking no that stalking. you could do on the front end. I mean, you could stalk, but it was like real stalking back then. Dude, so like at Taylor, when 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 Double K and I were getting together, like she had to, she was like asking around to like guys on the football team, like, do you know this guy? You know, and, and you know, she had to get to somebody who knew me or like knew my phone number or whatever, or else it would have never happened. We would have been like ships passing in the night, you know? It would have been this tragic, like, she knew about me, I knew about her, but we, so we never came together. I know. Isn't it? Well, I think the isn't the, it beautiful what I just said? Yeah, it is. I'm yeah. I'm verklempt. Um, <laughs> you talking about standing over the phone trying to work up the courage is a thing that is like yeah, I think that's a that thing that doesn't past. happen now. What, what's, do you guys even have dorm room like hardline phones? Dude, Taylor came with a standard phone. You got like a standard like taupe phone. Yeah. In each it's, room, it's the same, and it was the same in every dorm room. I think there was yeah. a, there was a company that just put these out, and they they looked like. Do you guys have you guys ever seen a rotary phone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. like in movies or something. If they looked like rotary phones, but they were touchdown. Yeah, they like the they, they, but they're like the little gray square. Yeah, they were in every dorm room. Dude, I remember literally standing over that thing, going like, "Judas, don't be a wuss," you know, like it's like cop talking yourself. Dude, yeah, it's seriously, it's so sad. I mean, dude, you would say something like, um, "I'll call you," <laughs> like yeah. that. Like, that's a line that, that's like a relic line from the past, right? It's so true. So true. I think the, I mean, things like dial-up internet come to mind. I mean, and when I was in college, it, like, instant messenger was, was sort of, which doesn't even, I don't even think it exists anymore. Maybe somebody still uses it. I know people still have AOL addresses out there in the, in the universe. But that was, that was sort of the, the invention of how to instantaneously communicate with somebody without, um, you know, without calling them because they're, you know, 10% of people had cell phones and text messaging was expensive because you paid like 15 cents a text. And it was the one where you had to hit, you know, you had to hit every button three times to get the right letter. And so like saying like, I will call you would take 17 minutes to text. Mm -hmm. So instant messenger was the thing. And the college was usually the first time everybody had high speed internet because at home, most people had dial up. So you get there, they have these amazing college networks, which just spread viruses between computers and then uh and people were just on instant messenger all the time with people back home and like it had its own it had its own abbreviations and lingo very similar to texting i i just heard a reference to this the other day where a guy was talking about instant messaging at college he he dropped one of the i don't remember what it was but like one of the acronyms and i had a very distinct flashback to 2002 at in in at wheaton college so just that the the like the archaic technology that we thought was completely amazing because you could like real time chat with somebody on the other side of the country, which now is not a thing that anybody ever has to think about. It's just nobody it sweats just, it out just anything is. anymore, man. Yeah, it just is connection. Here's another weird one. So like this was something like this is something you know kind of uh, in, in context with uh, relationships in general. But like and this is probably before your time, Pipe. But like when you used to be able to like as you were getting to know somebody, you would say this. You would say, hey, like I want to make you a tape. Oh, you dude, like, mixed, yes. mixtapes. Absolutely. Yeah, we, just, I mean, we didn't mix CDs. We like, were way more modern than you. Yeah. Baby, I did mixtapes. And you got you to gotta write on that little thing that comes inside the tape, and yeah, it's the tiny. The, the, the cassette sleeve, yeah. The cassette sleeve, exactly. But it, was, but it was, something, or something where you could hand somebody something, and it was almost like a pre-dating ritual where if you like somebody, you could say, hey, I'm going to make you a tape. And like then we can talk about like these songs and like some of our favorite. Dude, bands. it was a, it was a very emotional like putting of yourself out there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. No, yeah, that, that was still a thing. You're trying just, to pick songs with like it subtext. Was, it was and, CDs you know. instead of instead of tapes. Yeah, and thing, yes, guys would slave yeah. over these things. You oh, know, like, absolutely. What is the subtext of this song? And if I if this song is it saying too much? Is it not enough? If I am I like yeah. revealing too much of myself? So let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. What's the most subtext laden song? You ever used in a mixtape? Oh, we ever used. I was gonna say there's a lot of subtext laden songs. No, that you used. Oh, uh, subtext laden song. I'm trying to think love, of it for myself. Love my way by the psychedelic furs. You guys already know what that is. But baby, you're getting all elitist on us. Now. I was gonna say, need, I'm not, I'm needless not to say, the girl said no. 
Did the girl pretend to like it in order to appear as smart as you? She married me, Big T. Okay. Well, then it worked. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I never did a mixtape for Big M. We were a little bit too old. We were Maybe a little past mixtape. You never did a mixtape for Big M. Well, no, because this was like a post like school romance, you know what I mean? So like we were just kinda out we of the just wrote her songs instead. I feel like I you just should wrote her songs. Yeah, no, that's wow. I was that guy. Yeah. I'm assuming this is a thing for the ages. Uh, white dudes playing guitars outside on a grassy area at Christian colleges. Oh, I, sure. I mean, that's standard. I just want to make sure that not everything has changed. Except now it's like mandolins. It's like tiny guitars now. You know? <laughs> do girls no, still fall like for laptop. these guys? Yes, they do. It still works. Yeah. Pipe, can you think of a subtext-laden song that you, that you used in I don't, these I don't think I ever had the stones to give a girl a mixed CD. Wow. I don't, this is fascinating. I don't think... I asked girls out, but, like, I don't think I ever had the guts to do that, because, like, I was just, like, that's just, that's, like, it's just a, a landmine to step on is what that is, and I would have blown myself up. Now, why do you say it's a landmine? Like, if she didn't like the music? Uh, because I was insecure in 20. Like, everything was a landmine. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Because of everything we're trying to talk, like the, the subtext of the songs, no, the fear no, of rejection, it's a lot of pressure. The the only going not. I knew like guys. Regular. I knew guys who like led with this. It was like part that's of their game plan. Yeah. And I, wow, that's I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I never led with it. Most of the uh, most of the mixtapes I ever got were like mixtapes that dudes gave chicks that were failed, and I just ended up getting <laughs> a copy of them and enjoying them. Did you laugh at the original? Uh, Could you see what they were trying to do seductively vis-a-vis the mixtape? Could you see like yeah, what I their did. subtext songs were? Like, and because yeah. I grew up in like Christian subculture, I wasn't allowed to buy the albums that these songs were contained You're on. Like Marvin yeah. Gaye was, like, oh, was cool. a little strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was awesome, baby. I only ever made one mixtape for a girl, and it was for it was for Double K. And I actually really? did the thing. Dude, I love that. It works, That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> I actually did the thing where, like, I paused between a couple of the songs and I, like, talked to her on the mixtape. Whoa! Yeah. Did you, did you, did you, like, use a voice? Or did you just, like, did you just, like, introduce a song? I, you, was this, like, your best Barry White, like, interlude kind of thing? Was... I'll tell you this. I used, I used my voice, but I think subconsciously I was channeling, you know, like, the guy from, uh... There's somebody out there? Nope. Oh. Yes. Yes. Hey, too much fun going on in here. Mr. B, what's up? Please calm down. We're taping a podcast, baby. Say hello. Hey, clap it up for Mr. Hey, B. So you said you were channeling somebody. Back, back to it. Dude, do you remember? Important. Yes. Do you remember in 90s R&B where the guy would be... The guy would be singing the song, mm-hmm. but then they would cut to this like bridge, this little interlude where a guy with yes. a super deep voice would come on and be like, baby. Yeah, that's. There was, you like, you know, was it? I really. There was, there was uh, Isaac. Uh, was that Isaac Hayes? I Isaac think Hayes. Isaac yep. Hayes did that. Yeah, the, I mean, it's Boys to Men had the guy with a super deep voice. Yeah, I think that was his only job with them. Um, that was that was literally his only. It would be a great yeah. gig. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, you're like, what, what do you do for a job? I'm a seductive voice. I'm the seductive <laughs> voice. That's what I do. I speak for like ten seconds on every I, track. It's super easy. I help. I help people's love lives vis-a-vis my voice. So no, I think I, I think I tried to use that voice. Um, when I when I read the thing with well, KK, and I think it worked. Because we're married. Say, the, re- the results were <laughs> twenty years perfect. later, man. Look we're still that. still yeah. going strong. Yeah, success, Big R. Why do we not still make mixtapes for our ladies? I kind of want to do this now. I think we do, and I think you can. I mean, it's got, the format's going to be a little bit different, but there's no reason why not to. Right? Sharing yeah. a file doesn't have quite. Dude, the it's same not cachet. as money. It's yeah. not as like. Like you giving, should be able to make a CD. You know, most of our cars still have like you know disc players in them. You you can still make a disc. You should be able to make a sure. mixed vinyl. When was the last yeah, well, time you got listened to a yeah, CD? I, yeah. oh, I make a mixed vinyl once. Okay, twice. so like they're they're still in they're still in the mix. Okay, Absolutely. we have confirmation that CDs are still in the mix of listening. So yeah, I guess you could do that, Ryan. Boys, yeah, yeah. we've got uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left on our program, and I wanna I wanna open it up to some questions here from the room. Uh, we were talking off the air with a group, I think, even before Pipe arrived, and, uh, and they've got some good stuff. So, uh, you guys, the floor is yours. Um, speak into the microphone, speak up, and uh, what, what questions do you have for us about, about college? Or podcasting. Uh, or podcasting. Uh, about college, what valuable things do you think you learned in college that have kind of stuck with you, whether that's, you know, just as yourself learning about yourself or relationships or in the class uh what have you interesting 
Yeah, what valuable things did you bring out uh, of college? I didn't learn nearly as much in college as I should have because I wasn't trying as hard as I should have. Um, I think, I mean, the best things that came out of college for me were um, the value being plugged into a church because I went to a Christian college where it was incredibly easy not to be because there's campus organizations and there's missions trips and there's we had chapel three times a week and there's all these things. But Much like here. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm assuming that it's, it's very similar. And so kind of by accident, I just figured out early on that being in a church was a better place for me than being heavily invested in all those, <clears throat> all those other things. And so I wasn't unplugged from campus, but, um, but that's, so I, I got involved in a college group and then got involved with the youth group, which connected me with families so that when college ended, I still had a place to be because, because college is done after four years. And if that is your entire spiritual community, you're just done at that point. You go like the real world is a very shocking place. Even if it's, you know, your job could be great. You could have great relationships, but like, that's not the time to figure out how to do church. It's much better to figure it out in college. So I think for me, that was probably the most lasting valuable thing. Um, and so since that time, I've never really been out of church. There've been times when I've been between churches and looking or times when I definitely haven't been as involved or haven't really wanted to go, but that's still been just sort of an anchor point throughout. That's great, man. Big R, what uh, what do you have on this one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have too much more than that, other than saying I think I, you know, just sort of you know, echo a little bit of pipe there. Just have a life outside of your college experience and try to <laughs> cultivate something that's going to maybe carry on after graduation, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, the valuable, I guess, the valuable things that I think about when I think about college are more. It's more like scenes and moments, and less advice, I guess. Like I, I had this one. I had this thing that happened. It was uh, it was my sophomore year. It was after I got hurt. Um, I was laying in a hospital bed. I had surgery on my leg and was sad about losing football and all this stuff. And I had a professor, older guy, really gentle guy, amazing, you know, amazing teacher, great in the classroom. And he came uh, he came to visit me in the hospital, which I thought was significant, definitely like above and beyond. Um, but we were talking and we were talking about the future. And uh, he goes, "Have you ever considered being a writer?" And uh, I had never considered it. Um, you know, I didn't think of myself in those terms. But, you know, that little bit of encouragement, him saying, I think you have gifting for this. I think you can really do it. Um, I think it would be okay to start thinking of yourself in that way. Um, that was huge. You know, that was hugely significant. And I think, I think other valuable things, you know, feeling, I remember the way that I felt when I got back from like at the end of my first date with KK. So this was very end of her senior year, like three weeks ago. I think I was senior panic for her, but um, I was a sophomore. <laughs> you know, I had, uh, again, very, very shy, very awkward, but we had this amazing date, this amazing like 11 hour date. And I remember walking home from her place. She lived a little bit off campus, but not too far off campus. Uh, and I was walking home at like three in the morning like there was not a car on the streets, not a soul, you know, it was not empty. in the thriving metropolis. Of not in the thriving. I know <laughs> wow. the city that never sleeps, the Manhattan of East central Indiana, you'd be shocked <laughs> how dead it is at three in the morning. But I remember just like walking home, like right down the middle of the street, feeling like I owned the world, like just feeling like life is amazing. You know, I feel like a million bucks. I felt like I could do anything in the world because that had gone so well. And because I knew that it was, I knew she would call again. I knew I would call her. Like I knew there would be more of it. You know what I mean? It wasn't that uncertainty of, I wonder if she likes me and you know, I wonder if I want to do this. So, um, that's a great college moment. Um, I think friends, you know, just yeah. the, the relationships that you bring out of it. There was a dude, uh, Corey Hartman. He's a pastor now in, in Pennsylvania lived across the hall from me was completely opposite of me in college. He was like military precision, neat guy. You know, the bed was always made. The room was always impeccable. Um, he was always studying. Yeah, I was not that guy. Uh, but I would like shamble over to his room and like flop down on his futon and start, you know, unburdening myself of some problem or whatever. And, and we had amazing talks and uh, we're, we're best friends to this day. So, um, yeah, I just think. I think on the friendship point, you'll hear a lot of people talk about how important it is to build a network in college. And that's true. But if you're focusing on building a network, you're using people. And That's the, true. the relationships you take out of college are not you. I mean, those are mutually beneficial friendships, relationships that develop into a network. So, yeah, you want a professional network, you know, if, if you're going into whatever field. So, yeah, do your internships, get to know people, 
you know, build relationships with professors and things like that. But the relationships you have are they're the core of that. Otherwise, it's sort of just a hollow structure built around. It's a bunch of people using a bunch of other people. It's very mercenary. Which is what adulthood is. So don't ruin college with with that dynamic. The other thing is there will never be a time in life that is so easy to make friends as college. When you when you go from college, you get older, and then like so, I three plus years ago moved from Illinois to Tennessee, and realized I don't know how to make friends mm. because I still had more or less the same social. Is it because you're a douche pipe? Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there's just, there's, <laughs> there's some social skills. Resonate guys, cut that out. There's some. There's just yeah, some some general being a jerk. No, but uh, but like it just you don't have to try as hard in college because you're on a floor with people. They're just sort of baked in community. If yeah. you know, again, unless you really don't want it. And then uh, it's never that easy again. So take advantage and like ring those relationships out, you know, and build them stronger. And they become a network that lasts. I mean, I, I'm still friends with a lot of people I was in college, even though we're all over the place. And it's much harder now to be like, will you be my friend? Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, a really it's a, it's awkward a, conversation. Dude, to it's have. a weird transaction. Yeah. It's almost like dating, you know. <laughs> Can we be buddies? That's not in a weird way. Yeah, you like hang out with, it, with somebody and you're like, I wonder if he'll. I wonder if he'll text again. Can I call yeah. him again? Like, yeah. what, does he call? My, how long do I have to yeah, wait to call? Right. You know? Is it is three days? Six days. Like Big R, it's six days. Always six days. <laughs> Maybe another question from the room. That was a great one. Silence makes for great podcast. I know, I know. Good this, radio right here. awkward need to fill Yeah, you got, a great dy- you got a great dynamic going on in the classroom. Don't I, Big R? So I know, it's does. magical. I'm yeah, a magical you educator. Really, you really cultivated some energy. Right? I really have. You yeah. can blame me. I'm the uh, I'm the variable here. We had some great ones off the air though, and now people aren't aren't talking. What were those? We Re- all repeat. Out. Emily, you had one. What what was it? I guess my thing I was wondering is what's something that you really stressed about and were really anxious about while you were in college, and now you look back and laugh at yourself for. Interesting. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that unless you are pursuing grad school, nobody gives a crap about your GPA. <laughs> I tell my students this; they don't believe me. I in yeah, nobody I'm, cares. For, that, makes, that makes me feel a lot better. Like stu- <laughs> studying, studying. You've already like, I'm so glad I took this class. <laughs> yeah, your professors all hate me right now. But I no, I, man, I tell G- them the same. GPA thing. is a measure of hard work and things like that, and those things do matter. But people who are stressed about grades are generally missing out on other things. And your GPA does not get you. I mean, unless you're you know competing for a spot in law school, med school. In that, in those cases, it matters. Mm-hmm. But in most other fields, once you get into the workplace, your work counts for itself and your GPA is never asked about again and you can take it off your resume. Mm. So I would say str- over-stressing about that ruins a lot of people's college experience. Good word, Pipe. I don't know if you experienced this at Wheaton. At Taylor, um, Wheaton had a football team, right? A very yeah. good football team. Yeah. Like Division three. So at Taylor, it was, a, it was a weird thing because Taylor was really this like – you know, relatively Tony, swanky, upscale Christian college, kind of like Wheaton. Um, trust fund babies tr- everywhere. Trust fund babies everywhere. And then, like, a hundred thugs who they brought in to, like, play this sport that just really didn't fit into it. They're like, you look like Conan the Barbarian. Why don't you come play linebacker? Yeah. You look like Conan the Barbarian, and you only have a C average, and you would never get in here otherwise. But why do you, why do you come play a little linebacker for us? And we'll, uh, we'll hope and you, that you And don't. you can get a communications major. <laughs> Oops, sorry, Which, guys. Sorry. Oddly really enough, class I'm in. it's a little bit close to home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. But the, I think the thing that I was stressed about the most in college, it's really stupid. Like feeling like, like my truck wasn't as good as other people's, and feeling like other, like other dudes had more money than me, and like girls weren't gonna like me because I, you know, I didn't come from like, you know, this amazing lineage of of, of cash, and I didn't drive like a new Lexus, and you know what I'm saying? It was really stupid. And I remember even telling. Double K, like I gave her, I had this like speech prepared, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to take you out and we're going to go in my truck, but you're not going to be impressed with it. And she was just like, you are such an idiot. Like, who do you think I am? You know, it was really stupid. Say more about her than you were about the truck, basically. Dude, right. I I was like, uh, assuming the worst of her, you know, based on what I perceived about these other, like, kind of swanky. Double K, I love you, but you have no depth. Which yeah. Means when you get into my truck, this whole relationship is going to fall apart. It, Dude, and the thing is, my truck really wasn't all that bad. I mean, if you could see it. You, <laughs> you, would, still, you wish you still had it. I wish I still had it. Yeah. I do. I cried when I sold it. We all wish we had that old truck. We I know. All wish I know, we had baby. It, you know? What about you, Ronnie? Things uh, things you stressed about or other people did? Oh, man. I don't, you know. I mean, I you're a high-stress person, I can tell. You know, I kind of am in some ways. I, I don't know. I think just thinking that... Um, 
this is what it is. Thinking that you only have one shot at things, like mm. when they're kind of facing you, and it's just absolutely not true. Mm. You think like I only have one opportunity, and if I blow this, everything is is just gonna pass before my eyes. And you really don't. You know, you really have like many opportunities, and you have many you have many chances to fail and, and, and pick yourself back up. And God's That's gonna true. grow you through that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think understanding. You know, I think going to a Christian college, I sort of took the. I took the shallow kind of low hanging fruit spiritually. Like they, they, they set a certain kind of atmosphere and they have activities for you. But I, I wish I had sort of gone deeper theologically when I was in college. And I think, you know, learning about suffering and doctrine and, you know, some of the things that you get blindsided with in adulthood, it would have been good to start laying that foundation a little bit in college. Yeah. Um, maybe one more, one more question. These would be great. The resonate guys can edit out the awkward, you know, stunning yeah. silences that take place. And the number of times we've called yeah, each other douchebags. Yeah, what do you got, man? Yeah, um, so I feel like, you know, college is largely, you know, just a time of self-discovery and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so I was kind of wondering if you guys could talk about maybe it was a moment or in like a specific process that kind of put you guys on track to understanding who you are and what you are today. That's great. Pipe, you got one queued up? I, I wish I had learned that in college. Mm -hmm. I, I made it all the way through college and had no idea what I wanted to do or, you know, I sort of had this, I had this sense of like, I guess this is the thing I'm supposed to do. Like I'm a Bible major and whatever, so I should probably do ministry stuff. But it wasn't a thing that I had sort of this like, that's it. You know, there's this magnetic pull. And I don't think everybody has it. You know, I, I had one roommate who came into college. He's like, I'm going to be a doctor and he's a doctor now. And he just, I was always kind of jealous of him because I was like, oh, your life is so simple. I mean, you have to do organic chemistry, but the rest is simple. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, no, for me, it didn't come till later. But I think I, I think that is partly an answer to your question is that it is OK to come out of college not feeling like you have a career path. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to have a drive and a work ethic. You, you know, you can't be mediocre and you can't be lazy, but, um, you know, and you have to you know, take responsibility. So get a job that you don't like. So I was in like inbound sales calls for a publisher because it was a job that would pay the bills and whatnot. And it, you know, over the years, one thing kind of led to another. And now I'm, I kind of have a sense of, Oh, these are things I'm good at that I enjoy that I want to do, but you don't have to have that at 22. There's, that's a, that's not a thing that, that needs to happen. Yeah. And I kind of like the career part's great too. And that's all, you know, obviously going on in our minds, but yeah. also like, you know, kind of transcending that. Is there anything more like, yeah, outside yeah. a career more personal. Though. I think for me, it was, and again, this was like theological equipment that I really didn't have back then that I've sort of learned after the fact, but the value of God in his goodness and in his sovereignty, not allowing you to live a certain dream. So whether the dream is getting married or whether the dream is, you know, playing college football for four years and, and whatever, um, you know, I think when I had some of those things taken away in the moment, it engendered in me some bitterness and some confusion. But as I look back on that, I see, I see God's hand in all of it. And I see that, you know what, that was literally the best thing that could have happened to me intellectually, personally, interpersonally, in terms of my own spiritual growth, um, you know, having that taken away and, and letting that dream die for a short time was actually a really, really good thing. So some of the things that we think of in the moment as, you know, tragic or hard or whatever, I mean, they are hard. Um, you know, but they could, they could be, you know, really important things that are sort of shifting the course of your life in a more kind of Godward direction. And I think, I think on that question, I was kind of my own worst enemy in that way. Cause I, I thought, I, I thought I knew who I was spiritually and relationally. Like I just, I had this sort of false sense of identity and bravado and through the course of life, <laughs> knocking me down several times through my twenties, I, I learned how wrong I was at the time and really came to learn a lot of those things. So if, if you can have the humility to, to recognize what you don't know, to ask the right questions or just ask any questions. Like I was not a question asker cause I was really sure I knew everything and, uh, and you know, and not let failure essentially define you and just go, Oh, this is, this is a thing that, you know, that I grow through, not a thing that not, you know, that keeps me down forever. Yeah. That, I, I was afraid of all of those things. I didn't learn any of those lessons in college and they all came to me later. And it's, it's harder later than it is earlier. I mean, it's just That's like true. kids can learn a language better than adults. It's kind of like learning a language of life when your brain is, it's, is old mm -hmm. is what it felt like. So Ronnie. 
Yeah, no, I think you guys, I think you guys said it well. You know, I think you said it really well. I think that there's, uh, I, I think the this pressure to think that you have to uh, come to something right now rather than when God wants to reveal it to you is just ridiculous. And whether it's a career or whether it's something that God's going to, you know, sort of surface in your heart later as a, as a future direction or any of those types of things. I mean, it may not be now. It may not even be in 10 years. Um, God has his own timing. It's best. It's better. And uh, we try to, uh, you know, we, we try to legislate that. And I, I think, you know, regardless of whether you're in college or getting ready to get out or you're just starting, um, just let his timing rule your life. I think it's a it's a good lesson for sure. Dude, I think it's tougher at a Christian college. I know it was at Taylor. And thank God there wasn't social media when I was at Taylor because it would have been a bazillion times worse. Lord, I never would have gotten no a doubt. job. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's just a bunch of seemingly impressive people, like seemingly having everything together and being very public about that and being very impressive. And yeah, you just feel like, what am I doing wrong? You know, like this sucks. Um, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, like you said, Ronnie, there's there's so much more of the game yet to be played and, and loading up any of what we do in this context yeah. with too much uh, pressure, I think is a, is a bad way to go. I think, yeah, and I think, I think social media feeds comparison and comparison always ruins stuff. Like yeah. you never come out ahead when you're comparing because, because, mm. because it's always a false measurement instead of, you know, if, if you are simply focused on who do I need to be, who do I need to grow into? You're not comparing against anything, but a, you know, ideally a standard that God has given you. Whereas if you're comparing with other people, their highlights, their, what they know, had their grades, whatever it is, you're always chasing something that's stupid. And so you never win. Even if you, even if you are better than them at that thing, you still never win because you get there and you're like, well, What's the next mile marker I have to chase? And yeah. so the comparison thing is is awful. And social, I mean, it's it's, it's true for post college as well. It's the, social media does the same thing. It's just you know different, maybe different areas of life. Dude, I think even in the Christian context, we get so obsessed with chasing the next yeah. like thing, you know. And you can you can fool yourself into thinking that you have contentment and peace when really what you have is just a series of accomplishments. Yeah, and stuff hasn't gone wrong yet, you know. It, but it will. Um, yeah, that's that's so interesting to think about. And I think for me, faith-wise, like, so I went to Taylor for two years and then I finished it at IU, you know, at a big secular school. And I know for me, my faith really became a lot more important and really became alive to me when I was in a, I guess, a more hostile environment to it where um, when I met a Christian on campus, it was really meaningful. You know, it was really a sense of like, oh, we should talk, we should connect, you know. Um, whereas at Taylor, I think I took a lot of it for granted. I yeah. just assumed everybody was super spiritual and that I sucked and that they wouldn't want to talk to me anyway. Um, boys, this has been, uh, this has been revealing. It's been, it's been fun. Um, Ronnie, are you still mad at me? No, I'm good, man. Okay, good. cool. Just make yeah. it sure. No, no, this, this happens four or five times a day. It's all good. <laughs> it's not, reconciliation. Not it's healing. Not, you mean, you mean you get angry four or five times a day or somebody shares a video or what? Yeah, usually that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'll lines, I'll yeah. try not to let it happen again. No promises. Baby, it's real... okay. I, I actually think it was really funny. I'm, I have a thick skin. I'm good. Oh, so. okay. Hmm. Real quick before we go, any uh, any updates on on the next Trogues podcast experience? I, Gosh, I don't know, Pipe. You would have, you'd be a little more keyed into that. Today. I haven't I haven't heard anything. So yeah, the uh, the uh, Stephen L. Trogi podcast experience is still in development, as far as I can tell. Pi, nice. tell us about uh, tell us about Logos Bible Software oh, right. before we, we have hop off the air. Yeah, now that all of our listeners have fallen asleep. Let's do some business. <laughs> uh, Logos must love that we tuck them in at the end, although I don't think they listen to You know what, we save the best for last is what we do. <laughs> so Logos, Logos uh, Bible Software is our sponsor for the podcast. They are you know one of the premier Bible study software, and um, so great for professors, pastors, teachers, students, anybody who's anything from sermon preparation to writing a paper. Uh, if you go to logos.com slash happy rant, you can, you can check it out. They just released logo seven a few months ago. So it's their latest updated software with a, with a whole variety of features. And the way the logos works is you buy, you buy a package. So you get all the features and then you get a library of resources, which you can add to over time. But, uh, so you can get massive collections of books so that the upfront price is a little bit high, but the per book price is pretty good. Um, so if you look at it and there's a bit of sticker shock, just think about buying a library, not just, you know, buying software for 1300 bucks. Uh, Ronnie, you use it, right? 
Yeah, I used it. I, I got it last uh, last fall when they came on as a sponsor, and it's uh, it's been really great. It's been really helpful. It's been really informative. It's really simple to use, and uh, it's kind of vast. So it's one of those things where you don't really use all the features, but it's nice knowing they're there as you sort of uh, you know get deeper into it. What what uh, what are your favorite features? Like, how do you use it? You use it for sermon preparation or what? Yeah, I just use it for sermon prep. So for me, it's it's nice to have the passage right there. You just sort of scroll, you hover over words, they give you all the Greek and Hebrew meanings, and you have just all these commentaries on the side that are just a click away. And so it just it actually just speeds up the, the process. So you're not you're not just you're not you're not grabbing books off of shelves and, and paging through things. And I still do a little bit of that depending on the text, but it really streamlines the process a lot. It's been really, really great. Sweet. So logos.com slash happy rant. If you buy it, the uh, the new one, you will get a free Spurgeon's commentary out of the deal. So uh, if that's the thing that uh, floats your boat, you get that out of it. So go there, logos.com slash happy rant, and check it out. You know, speaking of Spurgeon, I have a sweatshirt that Missional Wear did send me with a picture of Spurgeon on it. Spurgeon's huge meaty head and a cigar sticking out of it. You know what You know what I would love to have? A sweatshirt with our logo on it. Baby, they sent me this a long time ago. I think this was a gut check thing. From, from my other uh, program, man, I, I would love a sweatshirt. Or I mean, I'd sell for a t-shirt. I sell for a sticker with our with dude. Our a logo. sticker with our yeah. our new logo. To I would ad- take to that. adorn my really old MacBook Pro. So mission aware, if you're listening, send us our stuff. The holidays are over. We no longer have that excuse of of <laughs> mad rush high volume and mad rush. But we're really glad we could contribute to your high volume. Absolutely, I mean, we're glad everyone else is enjoying the product. <laughs> I'd like to enjoy the product, boys. We have. Uh, we have done what we always do on this program, which is uh, we've wandered to and fro. And uh, I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.